Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Kevin Johnson program. We are now on episode 17. And once again, you can find us on SoundCloud, Anchor, as well as Google Play. And we're going to introduce our guest at this time. And I'd like to welcome Mr. Sean Ramratan to the program. Thank you very much, Sean, for coming on. Well, uh, Sean and I go back a while now. I met Sean back in 2012. It was for an open mic. And he approached me because he was just starting up as a comedian. And he was making his rounds. And uh, from there, I invited him to uh, participate in a couple of programs that we did. We used to have an annual holiday party that we did for the past five years so i know back in uh december of 2012 that was the first time sean per participated with us as conundrum stages and then he also participated with us for our fifth anniversary show over at the broward center for the performing arts and the reason why i wanted to talk to sean was that because he started out as a comedian and then he actually was a promoter himself and also wanted to get all the ups and downs of how he was uh, promoting comedy on his own. So let's start from the be very, very big beginning. I understand you're a native of Trinidad. You're a West Indies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't lived that region in a while. West Indies, yeah. Okay. Native Okay, and uh, how long? Uh, uh, but now a U.S. citizen, been here 28 years. Okay. So no Donald Trump, Donald Trump will not be coming for me. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So, um, how long have you been in Miami now? Uh, I've been here in Miami for 28 long, depressing years. 28 years. Okay, so okay, so you came from from the islands straight to Miami then. So you were you yeah. must have been a child by, back then. Well, so we won't bring up my age. I'm gonna say yes. Okay. 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 So, what made you decide to get into stand-up comedy? What was the turning point for you? And mm -hmm. I did it. And again, I did it with 
was just pretty much like, yeah, you know, let me just do what I want. No intention of trying to be a comedian. Too scared of the stage. And it happened, man. It happened. So, you know, just being on stage as I, I think we talked about this before but being on stage it's almost like an addiction it's like you crave the stage you you crave the spotlight listen during, after that class the graduation was uh in front of we'll say roughly about say three to four hundred people maybe a little less you know i'm a comedian so i'm gonna exaggerate hmm. um and uh You to bring your friends, your family. You know, I was sort of embarrassed. Like, oh my God, what if I flop? Uh, you know, but, uh, you know, something, you know. And, uh, man, I had my parents, a couple of friends. They all said, yeah, sure, we'll support you. And they probably uh, was worth about 10% of the audience. But that was such a rush. When I got that first laughter, that first uproar of laughter coming at me, I truly don't think I've ever felt like that like like in a while. In fact, I've never experienced anything like that. And it was addictive. Like that, that laughter takes away your nerves. It makes you just mentally just get calm on stage. If you go again, you get another laugh. You get another laugh. It's just like confidence has to build while you're on the stage. It's truly an experience. It truly was something that I'll never forget. Now, as being a comedian especially when you're trying to get those pinpoints so that you can get those laughs, how much of the writing process is involved and how much of it is uh, delivery as well? I mean, did you uh, practice in front of other people just to see if they got a reaction out of it? to add 
an extra line onto that joke. It's a lot easier to try even without an open house. I mean, even without an open mic. Um, because you actually know that the joke is hitting and you're just adding an extra line to it, an extra tagline. So that's an easy way. But if you're writing a new joke all together, you need to taste that. You need to test it. You need to try it. You need to see how the audience reacts. Um, a joke can start off one way and completely go left. And you rewrite it so you add so much that it's not the way the joke started off. Joke writing is a true talent. Mm-hmm. So when you were going to these open mics, of course you run into other comedians, other aspiring comedians. What was the Miami comedy scene like or what is the South Florida comedy scene? What was it like when you were first starting out? Right, so while I am going to answer this question, um, I respect the art of comedy so much, I sometimes hesitate to call myself a comedian because I don't think I've put enough work into it and then my you know, personal job and my career have changed. And um, I don't put enough time in it. So I, I, I hesitate to be called a comedian. So my point of view is just solely based on what I experienced. Um, most people are going to tell you, the stars, that you need to go to the big cities. New York, L.A., maybe Chicago. You know, um, you know, that's where all the stars come out of. And it's generally true. Um, I've seen a lot of South Florida comics leave and go to L.A. and New York searching for fame or success and um, you know maybe because there's more TV shows there's more people there that are doing it it makes sense but after hearing all these nightmares of how South Park comedy scene was in that grade I am um, I I don't think that was the theory at all I mean I, I, I feel even today that you can find an open mic every single night in South Park mm-hmm. I think the key to open mic being in those major things that I mentioned was that generally speaking, and you know, you may walk in, and I haven't been, but you know, you hear these stories that you're in LA, you walk into a comedy club, you know, catch five minutes, and you can never tell who's who is sitting in the audience. Maybe a writer, maybe a, 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 a movie script writer, maybe a producer, you know, maybe a friend of a producer, maybe a family member of a producer, like, yeah, you saw this young man do phenomenal. So, I think the opportunity in the bigger cities are better. But I think if you're looking to do comedy and just enjoy it, um, the open mic scene in South Florida isn't bad at all. And it comes and goes, but there's some people that have maintained it and established it. I think the open mic side of comedy in South Florida is, is, is good. Not the greatest, it's good. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk a little bit about your career change in a moment, but... I wanted to also find out because, of course, since you were making the rounds doing comedy, uh, doing the circuit, uh, you spiraled into being a promoter yourself. So you started the Laugh It Up Comedy Showcase. What was the impetus of going from doing stand-up to promoting stand-up? Um, you know, making the 
show come together. So it was just a talent that I can I have and just came into me. And um, as I was learning about comedy, my schedule from work and whatnot was somewhat difficult to be able to go to all the open mics because I have kids. And, um, you know, I spend time with my, you know, with my kids and help them develop. And it was difficult to really get the open mic on the Tuesday or the Wednesday, which may be the best one to get a stage line, or driving a bit far. So the theory behind it at first was, okay, I'll do an open mic. I'll do a comedy show. And, uh, heck, I'll get stage time myself. Once I started it off, the talent of producing a show came back. And before I know it, it wasn't just a show for me to get stage time. It was a show that where everybody was pretty much enjoying it, that I had a audience, that I had a following, and it was making, you know, making, you know, some waves around town. And uh, that's, you know, that's what really made me do it. It was just for me to get stage time. And before I knew it, you know, I had a successful show running. Hmm. Now, there's always been this stereotype of uh, West Indians have this kind of hustling, entrepreneurial spirit is that something that you agree with or is it depending on which island uh, uh, a person is from so now that you say West Indian I'll ask that in the West Indian dialect of course not anything <laughs> is anything to make a dollar man Right. And the right. whole world is called just straight up hustling. I mean, I'm an entrepreneur. I mean, and we'll talk about my career later. But, um, you know, it, 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 it's the same thing. It's, it's having the ability and willing to hold multiple hats, you know, to create, um, you know, generate more income, you know, for, for the lifestyle you want to. So, I know the comedy thing is, I mean, it's and that's something we'll talk about in a second. But, um, yeah, you know, the, the comedy show production. Mm -hmm. I see. So when you were doing Laugh It Up, I'm sure that uh, you may have ran into, and this is for anyone, anyone that uh, promotes anything, live performance or or otherwise, but uh, were you ever in a situation where you had to deal with difficult talent? And how were you able to um, basically uh, overcome that? Um, so comedians are usually not high maintenance people, uh, but there's a diva or two always around town. You know, they can be demanding. You know, they want to discipline that way, and it's just really a true matter. At least for me, was uh, just dealing with that person, that individual on a pace. This is a small show. It's a private show. Um, comedians giving comedians a hard time isn't cool because we're supposed to work together, not against each other. And look, man, you know, you know, I'm just trying to bring you know your art and, and my show to a higher level. So give me a break. It's just this is what we have. Mm-hmm. And the, the few, I mean, the few times I have to deal with that, that approach works because it's the truth. I mean, it's not like I have a Show, you know, and you know, you, you come across, you know, where I mean, I'm not gonna use names, but someone, you know, you 
they were nice enough to say, hey, there's a tab, and they ran up the tab because they thought that they were a celebrity. I'm like, buddy, it's just a, a show for 75 people in your you haven't made that, you know, but it, it happens. But, you know, generally speaking, it's just a matter of just rationalization. Like, hey, you know, it is what it is, you know? Right. So, how long did Laugh It Up run for? Like, how long did it, did you, how, lo- how long was the showcase? <laughs> Laugh It Up is theoretically still in existence, okay? I will just select this in our videos. That's a good one to say that, um, uh, I started, man, I want to tell you, what was it, 18, maybe, maybe 2013, maybe 12, just 2013. Um, so, last it up, so, so, the real company was actually Ram Promotion, and Ram Promotion was the company that I mentioned that uh, did, the, um, did the open mic poetry back in the early days. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I, you know, you figure the rap promotion, you know, wasn't associating itself with comedy. So I wanted to get a comedy for it to laugh it up. Like, I mean, if you see that, all you can think is comedy. So, laugh it up is still around. Rap promotion is still around. I've, I've done other things that has nothing to do with comedy. I've um, helped do, like, a bit of a event planning, event organization. Uh, someone asked me to, um, to, to, to orchestrate the event, which was cool. You know, so that rap promotion is, is, is all about um, events and just laughing from just a subsidiary of it. Mm-hmm. It's still in existence, but I do all those jobs with it. If it's a comedy show, then it becomes like last uh, last year, I did a, um, a comedy show for my nonprofit organization. And, um, you know, I, I didn't really push to laugh it up. It just really pushed, you know, giving for a living to my nonprofit organization. Okay. Okay. All right. So, going from that, I know that, of course, you are now into real estate. So, what made you decide to go into that profession? Um, as you've known yourself, um, you know, I've been in sales my entire life. Um, yes. With real estate, I was part of a real estate team of, let's say, that wanted to put money in to possibly buy and sell properties or flip homes or whatever the case may be. And we had a realtor that was part of the team. So, you know, his password was, you know, he gave us a password and we could research. And I found myself doing more work than the realtor. He was just there, just for let me know what property you want to buy. Like, he wasn't really into, you know, he was possibly buying. So, I, you know, I got more and more and more into this you know, researching, learning, you know, bringing feedback to the team, we should do this, we shouldn't do this. And uh, then I decided to just take the punch. You know, I decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to get my license. I'm going to get my license. And um, I got my license, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to be the real for the team. And I was really psyched for my license. I uh, And then three years ago, so I'm going to tell you, 2015, I had an argument with, with, with my boss, and we decided that we couldn't get along, and I resigned. Mm-hmm. And from that day, I decided, you know what, I'm going to take a chance, and I'm going to give this a shot, and I haven't looked back. I haven't looked back. 
Okay, so you're basically you're working for yourself now. Self-employed, yeah, entrepreneurship. Of course. Many jobs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, do you work just as residential, or do you also do commercial real estate? I do everything in real estate. I do residential, commercial, rentals, which should be commercial or residential. Property management, I do it all. So you must have uh, known the time, I want to say, I want to say almost 10 years ago, we were in a tough spot where uh, we were in a recession. So now yeah, with I don't the. I think it was 10 years. I, I, I think it might have been probably, probably seven years ago. Uh, you know, but, but, but yeah, recent memories. I came right after. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So now, what is the current state as a as opposed to buying and selling property? I mean, how is everything looking right now? Everything Everything is great. The streets are paved with cash. It's a seller's market. There isn't enough inventory in South Florida to, to make up. Uh, just today, the interest rates just went up again. Today, the federal government just said they were going to raise the rates again. And even with the rates being higher, it's still at, at an all-time record low interest rate to buy a home. So everybody's trying to buy, which means everybody is getting their home sold really easy. So can you tell me the difference? Let me step back for a moment. Can you tell me what is the difference between a buyer's market and a seller's market? So it's all about uh, almost like uh, demand for the product. Exactly. Okay. Okay. With the interest rates being low, with the interest rates being low, that's what's making it easier for the seller. Because you're helping them out, you got to get it sold. And of course, that puts uh, commission in agents' pockets. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So if like people are gun shy about buying a home, how much do you, how much does the agent have to, how much wiggle room does the agent have in order to, uh, you know, convince these people that, uh, this is the house to buy. Doesn't that make any sense? 
So, as an independent agent, where do you get your leads from? If I say that, if I tell you that, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> that's what everybody wants to know. But, um, because of my outstanding service that I provide, I'm a five-star rated agent on Zillow. Um, I get a lot of referrals. Uh, most of the times I interact with people, they see my dedication. So I take it that this profession is not for everyone. I mean, you have to be a seller in order to uh, be in this profession.
when your salesperson and the business comes in the door because the company has uh, spent all their money on advertising when you're doing it, it's a little different. You have to generate your business. Now, I know that this is a kind of a ridiculous question, but I would take it that wouldn't it be a lot more difficult working on your own as opposed to working with one of these big firms like a like a a, a Hewlett Packard or no not Hewlett Packard I'm sorry like Century 21 or any of those big real estate firms I mean is it more difficult working on your own as opposed to go ahead Okay. I am not, uh, you know, I, 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 um, um, I have to hold myself accountable and responsible for everything that I do. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's a paycheck, but by law, until I become a broker, I must work under a broker as a real estate professional. Real okay. Estate okay. You know, so it's, um, it's but, but even though you work for someone, I mean, recognizing the brand, could obviously help you grow your business because some people recognize the brand. But on the same token, um, while they may recognize the brand, you know, at the end of the day, it's the salesperson. Because I could send you someone from the number one real estate company, and I can tell you, and I can send you someone from a new company, and it's really the individual that's going to make a difference. Hmm. So now with the, it seems that there is a lot more development going north. So it looked like it started in Miami. Like for instance, the whole Wynwood area has all risen, but now things are like making like a northward turn. Like for instance, where I live in Fort Lauderdale, I'm seeing a lot more high rises and hotels getting um you know ground break you know groundbreaking and all these uh developments coming up so is there much more of a trend going north or is now the uh, properties more going out west or does it even make a difference anymore Building to be done over in Aventura. 
You know, there's going to be a demand for Hollywood Beach, and it's just going to keep going. But it's wherever the investors see the demand. You know, because uh, to be able to start these projects, it's intense research. Intense research to see what's required, what can be done here, what's the demographic, who, who can afford it, what are we trying to do? And then that's what happens. Mm-hmm. But Miami's always a cornerstone of where we can start. You know, no one, you know, 20 years ago was seeing Miami to be what it is right now, right? You know, no one, no one was expecting to see what it is right now. And it's just building everywhere. And, and, you know, there's a market for it. Hmm. So, um, what is the next step outside of being an agent? I mean, do you want to be a broker or what, what is the next step? Um, yes, I am working currently on becoming a broker. Um, I do see it as, I mean, it, it is one of my dreams to become a broker. Um, you know, being a broker agent is not a bad thing. I do have a team right now where I have, you know, people beginning to work with me, for me, how do you want to work this? Um, that is the next step, but, you know, the, you know, you know, there's, uh, there's so much in real estate that can be done. I mean, I, uh, you know, I'm touching it now. I'm currently looking for locations to possibly open up my own open mic uh, bar, you know, something that just supports the arts, you know, and just find the right location at the right price, mm-hmm. you know? Because I'm a realtor, I can research that on my own time, my own pace. You know? Okay. You know, so, so it's, 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 it's all part of entrepreneurship. I mean, being a broker is running your own firm. I mean, at least for me, yes, that's definitely in my plans for the future. Okay. Okay. And going back to the segue of comedy. Um, when you say open mic, I mean you want to expand outside of comedy, or is is a comedy that you want to stick with? Because I know you said you've done spoken word, but are you looking to do more of a variety these days? Yeah, um, if it's me and I'm looking for the stage time, I am definitely uh, gonna do comedy. If I get my dream of open up my own establishment to support the arts. It would be where I can support many arts because as artists, you know, there's comedy, there's poetry, the musicians, the singers. You know, I would like to have a platform where I would become the hub for open uh, for, 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 for all artists. You know, where you know, if, if, if you're looking for a good show, you should know my open mic for comedians is good. My uh. My open mic for poets is good. My open mic for singers is good. And you know, have you know, have you know, set shows. What is the you know monthly comedy show, monthly poetry show, monthly singers set? You know, what is the case basis? But yeah, I, 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 it's one of my dreams and goals to open my own establishment to be able to support the arts. Absolutely. Now, it's a bit of a contention with me because I know and I see. And I mean this with all due respect. Every corner, around every corner, it's like basically like the open mic circuit is saturated. Around every corner, there is always an open mic. Why not do more booked shows where it's not an open format, but you can 
pick the best of the best and just leave it at that. The goal would be to have book shows Friday and Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. And with uh, Wednesday and Thursday, possibly being open mic shows, because if you're gonna get the support and love of the artists who who's gonna make your shows and your establishment successful, you have to give love back, and love back is stage time. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be impossible for you to just, at least for me, I believe, and if you look at some of the big establishments, they still do an open mic show because they need the artists to feel comfortable in their home, which right. is the home of the, of the establishment, to say, you know, yes, I want to perform at the big show. I like the vibe. I like the scene. You know, so that's why I think the open mic. But open mics are done for so many reasons. I mean, some bars will just do open mics because it's just generous business. Mm-hmm. It's noise in the bar that keeps it alive. Right. You know? So, in the meantime, while you're planning all of this, um, and I know that you said that the uh, the brand, the Laugh It Up brand is still out there, Ram Promotions is still out there, do you or will you be able to find, I mean, now that you are a uh, independent agent and you work for yourself, do you find the time or do you have the time now to become more flexible in order to make the rounds. All right, so working with the art, I'm sure what I'm going to, if any artists are listening to this, they're going to agree. There's not any money in the art. You must truly, if you just came into this art, in any art, looking to get rich, you're, you're in the wrong. Being in the art is truly for the passion of your skill. If you can sing, you may get discovered, but you may never get discovered. You know, there's guys that play basketball at a really high level every Sunday at the park. They're never going to go pro. They're never going to sign with a team. But they play the game hard. They work in the game all week. And that's the highest level they can reach. But they love the game. It's the same thing for the arts. You, you do it for the love. And if you're gifted and talented and lucky enough, maybe you can go further. being done, at the end of the day, to afford the lifestyle that I can provide for my family and myself, I very quickly recognize that being a level 20 comedian, which is basically stopping out, I cannot pay my bills in my family doing that. So I, for myself, had to stay doing my job. If I want a job that gives me more flexibility, but I can do things, I, you know, I've hosted, you know, like, you know, shows or events midday where, you know, I mean, I, you know, I can do it because I make my own schedule, right? Mm-hmm. So there's some flexibility. But I yet don't have the flexibility or sometimes the desire to go start an open mic for stage time when I can be on my computer and I'm researching, you know, prospects for, you know, completely, uh, 
uh, and I assume you are as well. So the flexibility is there, I just don't know if the desire is there. What has happened is, um, in addition to my job, what has really caught my heart as this has been, and my passion is uh, my nonprofit organization, which is called Giving for Living. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's where, it's a nonprofit organization, Giving for Living, it's really to help homeless, unfortunate people. Um, you know, once you get into that, you learn so much more. And of course, I wish I could help every single person. It's so difficult when you can't help everybody. Of course. You learn of orphans that, 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 that don't have anything. Um, I met a lady that was living under a bridge, not under a bridge, in, in, in the parking lot of Walmart, not the beach. She was just down and out of luck. And um, just had nothing left. Lost her house, lost her job. And I was living in the car with three dogs. And someone else approached me because they knew what I was trying to do. And we collectively as a team repaired her car, gave her money, and helped her make a, a trip to Central Florida where she got a job, a place to stay, and just started her life over. And you have no idea how satisfying it feels to know that you helped someone. You know? Um, I learned of these... Uh, yeah, I, I about eight kids that are part of a program, FIU gives scholarships to orphans, but only for the first two years. So for the next two years, these kids have to figure it out how they can. I mean, you know, I, you know, I want to give them everything. I mean, if you're an orphan and you stay all the way to college, I mean, God bless you to you support the system and, and stay focused and, you know, forget that part. I mean, that's giving a living, helping someone to live. You know, I, um, I, you know, I know someone close to me that lost her arm. What's an arm in a car today? And, you know, he wants to raise money for a bionic arm. You know, giving for living. Like, you know, you want to help everybody. So my passion is going into that. Uh, my idea of this is to really do charity shows that I can raise money. I, I, I like using my talent. I, I, one thing I must tell you that I love hosting shows. I love just being a master of ceremony. I don't work on the art of comedy. I'm not, you know, trying to take the stage and do... You know, like a, you know, like a basically like a feature set or a headline set. I'm perfectly fine with hosting and just interacting with the audience, being part of it. And I love volunteering that talent of mine to help. You know, raise money. You know, for for, for the awareness. So that again, it's not about Kevin really just being for homeless. And I took homeless away because there's just people in general that need help. Look, I know someone, uh, you know, a young man that. Just took his family. He's gonna get a lot of family. And he took his sister kids in, and um, because she has some issues. And uh, now he has ten kids in with him. You know, I know someone who's giving a bed away. You know, I told them we gave him the bed. You know, like you know, that's helping. That's helping. You know, you know, it's it's, it's anywhere possible. You know. Now, do you have a website? Do you have social media for this organization? media page giving for living um i i think the one knock i'll give myself on that is that i believe that when i give i give from the heart okay so i don't generally give looking for recognition and i 
Lawler, that wow, that's a good attribute. Probably not what I should be doing. I should be, I should be showing it more. You know, so I, 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 I've helped people, and I've done things for people, and I don't go to social media to post. Oh, I just helped someone. Look what I did. Because that wasn't the reason I was doing it for recognition. I was doing it because it was coming from the heart. Right, but as far as and now I'm go ahead. Only because I figured that with social presence, if people learned more about it, then that way they would be able to find to give and support, right. Of course. You know, so, so you know, I, I, you know, I help. I mean, I didn't go tell everybody. Oh my God, I helped this guy. You know, get a bed. You know, like. Mm-hmm. No, you know, you know, that's not me. And you know, I should. I should have shown. This is what I do in my spare time. I try to help people in any, in any way possible. I'm sure you there's know? a way in order to say that without, you know, boasting. There has to be a way to say, you know, this is what we did. And if you'd like to learn more about what we do and for you to give, you can go to this here, here, and here. So then that way people know that, um, because I'm sure that there's a lot of people out there as well that want to volunteer, that want to help and want to, you know, do things out of the goodness of their own heart. I'm going to try to launch um, the Giving for Living in a bigger way and try to find volunteers because I can't do it alone. I can't. Of course. Of course not. I I, I just want to expand. Like, I have all the dreams, all the goals, all the events I'd like to do. But um, as I try to expand, I need to um, to expand differently. I, 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 I... I need help. Right. I truly, 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 truly. Yeah, I, I truly need help. I, I, I can't do it. I need someone to handle social media. You know, I need someone to handle it. You know, it's just, it's, 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 again, as I started doing it, I started realizing how much needs to be done, how much you can do, and I've learned now that I can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. I do, but, you know, there's so much more. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out to speak with me, Sean. Um, I wish you the best. I have always admired your entrepreneurial spirit. And of course, if you ever decide that uh, you have the time in order to, uh, you know, get back, uh, get back on the stage, you know, you always have a, a place with me. Truly appreciate it. I do. And thanks for taking, thanks for choosing me to be one of your, your show. Much success to it. 
Well, that was episode 17 of the Kevin Johnson program. And once again, you can find us on SoundCloud, Anchor, as well as Google Play. And thank you so much for listening. And we will see you at the next episode. Peace and love.